This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. From Gilbert Autorama comes the excitement and competition of the famous Indianapolis Speedway, featuring the exclusive new Gilbert Flyover Chicane. Watch the stock cars in slow motion. Up and go! Gilbert makes cars rugged enough to take this kind of punishment. And look at the great assortment of Gilbert cars to choose from. The roughest, toughest, most realistic cars on the road. Past the timer, through the lap counter. Now with stock cars up to the Gilbert Flyover Chicane. Only this time, in midair, the cars change lanes. And look, just like that, your Gilbert car track can become a horse race track with these exclusive lively trotters. Get all these Indianapolis Speedway extras separately and be sure to get your complete Gilbert Autorama layout. Look at Gilbert toys first. They last. Race car driver Peter Revson talks to parents. Famous bank curve at Daytona. I think it's one of the most challenging curves in the American racing circuit. Daytona. Aurora has caught the spirit of it in this AFX Daytona race set. With cars you and your kids can actually drive with electric speed controllers to go fast, to go slow. With cars you can control on the bank S-curve. The AFX Daytona race set. You just can't get any closer to real racing. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on nostalgic radio and cars. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, race fan, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. And boy, we got a fun-filled, action-packed, celebrity-packed show for you this evening. Yes, sir, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be fun. I'll tell you what, you know, last week was a race weekend. This weekend is a race weekend. Last weekend, we had the 12 hours at Sebring. What an amazing race. Some really, really, really stunning cars. And probably the coolest car that was there was the uh, Delta Wing. And uh, they did a real good job with it. It's powered by a Nissan, which is okay. You know, I'd rather see a Porsche or a Mercedes or a BMW engine in it or something like that or something made here in the United States like a trusty Ford. But although it did pretty good, it didn't uh, It didn't finish. It kind of went out early. But uh, Audi, as usual, cleaned house. Porsche did well. Ferraris uh, did okay. Aston Martins did okay. So it was really, 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 really a fun weekend. Also, thanks to my buddy uh, Joe Sabatini from Festivals of Speed because I was hanging out with him for a while working the Festivals of Speed tent. So don't forget that... In in two weeks, three weeks, two weeks now, I think, that'll be in St. Petersburg. So we will have some giveaway tickets. In the meantime, everybody, run your computers and Google tattalk1340.com. You can see me live here in studio. Okay. Be sure and uh, check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com. Don't forget we have a podcast, and it has all our past shows. So if you missed any of them, there's a good place to stop and read up on them. And there's also some pictures there, some really cool people. At any rate, oh, yes, radio giveaways. We have radio giveaways because, you know what, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Besides, first and foremost, the St. Pete Grand Prix. All right, that starts actually tomorrow. They're setting up today, but they're going to be doing some testing and all that other good stuff. And tomorrow there's a media lunching, and uh, there'll be some of the more famous race car drivers there. So I will be attending that, and I'll give you guys some feedback on that next week. Also, you, you couldn't get me tickets for the St. Pete Grand Prix? You know what? I couldn't get extra tickets for the St. Pete Grand Prix. I know a bunch of the people down there. I mean, I'm credentialed as media, but that's about all they would uh, 
you know, give up. And uh, they're tough. Oh, I'll check and see what's going on. Well, wait a minute. I haven't even given the giveaways yet. The phones are, you know, some of you guys got the phone on speed dial. So just, just kind of <laughs> wait a minute till I announce what the uh, radio uh, giveaway tickets are for. All right. This weekend in Bradenton Motorsports Park is the Muscle Car Nationals. Okay. And I have, I only have one set of tickets available and an extra one single. Okay. Cause I actually gave away a bunch of them last week. Last week we had a lot of callers. Um, so hey, you know, I obliged them. I got them tickets. But anyway, so we have a few tickets left for the Muscle Car Nationals this weekend. Actually, these are Saturday tickets at the, uh, uh, Muscle Car Nationals taking place at the Bradenton Motorsports. So for all you drag racers, hot rodders, cool car guys, you know, that's where you want to be on this Saturday. Actually, I'm, I'm going to call in. That's that's one of the places you want to be, okay? So, the 14th caller. I Show see that. me the money! <laughs> Show me the money. Is that a paying customer? Is that a paying customer? you got to find that one, Billy. Anyway, uh, so the 13th caller, we will have some tickets for you, okay? Also this weekend, this uh, Saturday, and Ocala is the is Billetproof. My friend Alan Gabriel and those guys will be up there on a call. Billetproof, basically what that is, that's kind of like an old-school hot rod show. Takes takes place at uh, Don Garlis's, uh, uh museum location up there in, in Ocala. Actually, it's just a little south of Ocala there, probably. What do they call it? Dunellen, I think. There'll probably be four or 500 cars to show up there, maybe more. I mean, a couple of years ago when we were there, they were actually turning cars away because they didn't have a place for everybody because they just got so overwhelmed. But basically, it's pre-1965 hot rods, old-school hot rods, Modern day rat rods, if you want to use the term. To us old school guys, it's still a hot rod. Hot rod's just a just a junkyard slapped together old school piece that uh somebody just uh got the best of the best parts and got something running that looked cool and goes down the road and have a lot of fun with it. And that's the main thing, is to have a lot of fun with your car, no matter what it looks like. And uh, the neat thing about this is, is you got a lot of old school guys, you got a lot of new school guys, there's gonna be bands, there's gonna be music. Don Garlitz himself will obviously be there, he'll bring his dragster out, he'll fire that monster up a few times. Uh, he'll have his own little display. He'll probably have his uh, back shop open. So if you guys are in the swap meets, there will be a small swap meet there. But also what it'll do is he'll have his garage open so you can get some autographed uh, blown-up hammy parts there. Did you, you know? go to Gator Nationals this last this last weekend? No. You know what? The problem is there's just so much stuff going on this time of year. It's hard to get to all these events. I mean, just this weekend alone, like I said, you got the Muscle Car Nationals in, at, uh, in Bradenton. you got Bill Approve up at Ocala. you got the Vintage Boat Show in Mount Dora. Okay, you got the Daytona swap meet going on down south, and this is only just a few of the events that are going on. You get the Palm Beach Auto Auction, that's our friend Mike Flynn and them, and that's at the Palm Beach Convention Center. Then you've got Auctions America, that's at the Fairgrounds down in Fort Lauderdale, which yours truly will be there because I will be writing the, covering the event for Sports Car Market. As a matter of fact, if you go to the April edition of Sports Car Market, page 124, you can see some of my handiwork, okay? my auction analysis reports. And keep in mind, if you guys need an appraisal, feel free to give me a call. Check out our website, golfstreammotorsports.com. All the information is there. Also, we still have some T-shirts left, okay? So if you guys want a T-shirt, and we have some bumper stickers, okay? So uh, check out the website. Go ahead and uh, sign up for a T-shirt. Obviously, you have to pay for those, but uh, but they're, they're really cool shirts. they got the classic 57 Thunderbird. As a matter of fact, if I turn around right behind me on our banner, if you're watching this live on the studio here, You'll see the 57 Thunderbird, the graphics. It's kind of a gasser-looking kind of car. It's really cool. It was done by a friend of ours out west, uh, Jeff Allison. Amazing artist. Matter of fact, he does the artwork for Billetproof as well. And uh, our friend Dougie Den at the sign shop on Madeira Beach was gracious enough to make the poster for us and some of our decals. So there's a big plug for Dougie out there. Anyway, let's see. What else we got? We got a song we want to roll there because we got two guests coming on today. We had a third one, but unfortunately, scheduling conflicts prohibited him from coming on. But that's okay. The next gentleman and the next lady racer that we'll have on later uh, are definitely uh, making their mark in the uh, race car world. You know what? It's kind of stormy and raining out. I think this is probably the most appropriate song. And since I'm a big Doors fan, here it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, race fan, riders on the storm. Without a bone and hacker out alone Riders on 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Brian Redman, retired racing driver, nine times road racing champion, still racing at 76, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. adventure of Grand Prix racing. James Garner, Eva Marie Saint, Eve Montan, Brian Bedford and Jessica Walter, dramatic new stars Antonio Sabato and Francoise Hardy, Toshiro Mifune, and the world's champion Formula One drivers. Now, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, director John Frankenheimer, and Cinerama take you out of the grandstand and hurl you into the most exciting experience of your life. Okay, we're back, race fans, and yes, it's time to introduce uh, one of our guests for the evening. Gentleman's been a friend of mine for a number of years. He's very, very heavily involved in racing. He's a race car driver himself, and he's also the president of HSR, one of my favorite race organizations, Historic Sports Car Racing. Anyway, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, David Hinton. David, are you there? Yes, I am, Robert. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. So, tell us about this weekend. Tell us what HSR is up to. Well, we're doing something a little different. Um, we're actually promoting a vintage race as a part of the uh, Honda Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. We've got about 35, 36 cars entered, um, ranging from MGBs, MGAs, all the way up to late model Trans Am cars from five, six years ago. Super. So, uh, now, tell us a little bit about how they race. Have you ever have you raced on a St. Pete Grand Prix circuit yet, ever? Um, probably 25 years ago, um, when it was the old Trans Am Grand Prix of St. Pete, 
Uh-huh. Um, I did drive on it then. Um, my father actually promoted the vintage races as part of that weekend. Oh, really? So, it's, you know, it's kind of come full circle for me. Well, interesting. So the the track layout, well, tell us a little bit about the track layout then, and then the track layout now. Tell us a little bit about the, the differences and the technical aspect of it. Well, when we did this race 25 years ago, the first year, we actually went down the pier, did a U-turn at the end of the pier, and came back down to the direction. Um, the Trans Am cars had a really hard time doing a U-turn at the end of the pier. Um, so they only did that for one year. Um, now we were made, we, the track then was based more over by the uh, the Devil Ray Stadium. Um, now, obviously, we're more down by the airport, which is a much better track. Okay. What about in the uh, mid '90s when they the track the the races were there for a while, then they went away, and then they came back, and then at one point in time they did the, the course around uh, the the stadium. What did you think of the course it, layout back then? It was pretty good. It was it was a lot tighter. I, I like this current track just because it's got some good straightaways and. The scenery is so much better. I mean, running right next to the water, mm-hmm. I think, is just beautiful. I mean, it, it separates it from the rest of the street courses in America. Have you been on the track yet? Have you done? I know you were setting up, what, yesterday and today? You were setting up cars down there? Yeah, we're setting up today. I'm actually going to get to go around tomorrow and take a look. They were still putting some barricades up and some last-minute track preparation. So uh, I'm going to take a drive around in the morning and see what it's like. Okay. Are you going to be racing? Uh, no, I'm not. Not this year, no. Not this year. Okay. No. Well, tell us a little bit about HSR a little bit. How uh, some of the events, you know, because I, I talk about HSR a lot on our show, and I push a lot of the vintage races. But since you're the president, the actually the new president now of HSR, so why don't you give us uh, share with our listeners uh, a little bit how HSR works? Well, we uh, we take pretty much any car from the forties and fifties all the way up to four or five years ago. I mean, believe it or not. Daytona prototypes and some of the ALMS stuff is now becoming vintage because it has nowhere to run. So these cars are getting accepted. Um, but we, the cars are split into different groups according to their age and speed. Um, you know, we've got to keep safety in mind here. Um, but we have, uh, I think it's nine groups now. Um, group two is all the small bore, like Bug Eye Sprites, Mini Coopers, MGs, uh, Triumphs, that kind of car. Group three would two-liter Porsches, um, Datsun 510s, BMW 2002s, uh, Group 4 is open-wheel single-seater cars, uh, Group 5 would be your Mustang GT350s, E-Type Jags, Corvettes, that kind of stuff, um, and then Group 6 would be modern GTP, IMSA cars, the ALMS, Daytona prototypes, that's kind of the prototype class. Um, group 7 has all the old sports prototypes, Lolas, McLarens, that type of vehicle. Uh, 8 is historic stock cars. We even let those come run. Um, you know, all these cars which have been raced for years need a home, and uh, HSR seems to be a home for all these different groups. Um, and then our Group 9 is 993 Porsches, Trans Am cars from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, that, that's a really exciting group, Group 9. So we cover, you know, Pretty much any retired race car, we're trying to find a home for it. Um, people are always looking for somewhere else to race. Uh, there's a lot of track uh, driving days out there, uh, Chin Motorsports, that type of thing. But we actually find a place to race, which is what people are looking for. And we put on, uh, I think this year we're doing seven events, including St. Petersburg. Um, our next event is our biggest event, which is the uh, MIDI, um, presented by Master and Classic Motorsports magazine. We'll have probably three to 350 entries up at Road Atlanta at the end of April. Super. Well, now tell us a little bit about now the, the St. Pete Grand Prix. For years, I was kind of mentioning to, I was putting a bug in uh, Tim Ramsberger's ear, you know, because I said, well, when they originally had the event, you know, they had vintage racing. And then finally this year, I was totally surprised and amazed and thrilled that, uh, that they're having a, uh, a vintage race event. Tell us what all was involved. How did you manage to persuade them to uh, to let you guys race there? Well, HSR member Danny Stewart from Tampa's. We got to, we got to have a we got to have a race at St. Pete, and he gave me Tim's email address as his email. So I emailed him. He says, "Yeah, we'd be interested in that. Come down and meet." So we sat down and met. He kind of told me what he was looking for financially wise, and I went back to uh, some of our good members and asked for some sponsorship help, which I got, and was able to put a deal together. Super. So probably about a month. Really, from start to finish to get all the uh, the fine details worked out. But uh, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. I love the St. Pete race. I think it's uh, it's such a big part of this racing community around here. I mean, everybody goes to it. All my friends go to it. 
and actually have a vintage races part of the weekend. There's a lot of interest, to say the least. The icing on the cake, so to speak. I mean, there's, it's nice to have a bit more variables down there. I mean, there's so many open wheel groups running those Formula Mazda, Formula 2000, Indy Lights, and then obviously the IRL cars. So, so this adds a little bit more to the show is what I think. Okay. Now tell us, you guys are going out when? So you're going to have practice on Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday you'll be racing? Yeah, we're going to do practice and qualifying Friday lunchtime, and okay. then uh, we're going to do our first race Saturday, I think it's at 12.05, okay. right around, uh, which is right after Indy's practice, um, which should be a nice time slot. Super. Um, and then we'll have our second race Sunday at 4 o'clock, which will be after the Indy Cars uh, big race. Okay, good. So it's not, a, not too bad of a schedule. Now, the, the racing, okay, we, we use the term racing loosely. Are you really going to be racing, racing, or tell us a little bit what the parameters are for the drivers and then the are they all going to be out on the track at the same time? Yes, we're going to have all the all the cars out on the track at the same time. Um, you know, there's, there's no contact. We don't allow any contact between the cars. And if there is, you know, we do an investigation and find out what happened and try and get to the bottom of it. But no, all the cars will be on the track at the same time, and they will be racing. I mean, they'll give each other room, but you know, they'll, they'll be going after it. I mean, we've got five Trans Am cars entered, so I think that'll be the feature race. Okay. At the, at the front of the pack, um, and then you throw Jim Pace in a 1968 McLaren M6 Can-Am car in the mix. I think he should be pretty excited. Oh, that'll be. I was just going to ask you. So, like, what's going to be the most exotic, probably the fastest car on the track that uh, our listeners can uh, expect to see? Uh, Carlos de Casada from Tampa is bringing his XKR Jaguar Trans Am. I think that'll be probably one of the faster cars. Wow. Uh, Don Sonnen from Michigan and John Cloud from Ohio brought their Mustang Trans Am cars down. Um, and then obviously Jim Pace in the McLaren M6, will, I think, will be right up there. I think he'll surprise a few people. Um, one of the older cars in the race. This- what about the the Lola, the green Lola? That belongs to one of our local favorites. Uh, will he yep. be racing? Yep, Mr. Ritter's going to be there with his Luma T70 Coupe, which mm-hmm. uh, raced at Sebring in 1969. And... Uh, also won the South African Springbok Championship in 1970. It's a very historic car, obviously a very valuable car. Um, he probably won't be racing quite as hard as the others, but he will be out there making some good V8 noise. Well, that's good. Now, uh, I know Don Underjack's going to be out there with his Panos. So, yep. um, And then uh, is Brian Johnson going to be here from ACDC? Is he going to be out turned loose on the track? He is. He's going to run his Pillbeam LMP car, which is an old IMSA ALMS car from 10, 12 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, he figured that'd be a good little dirty car to drive around the street course. He didn't want to run his Lola. He figured that'd be a little too fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is his first street race, so he's pretty excited. Now, are you going to have rules as far as like where they can pass, where they can't pass, or is it, is it going to be like uh, driver discretion? Driver discretion. Yeah, you know, they, it, it's up to the overtaking driver to pass in a safe manner. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's up to them, and the guy being passed needs to be look in his mirrors and, you know, be prepared. Okay. But, uh, well, we're not going to put restrictions on where they can pass or anything like that. It's, it's going to be run as a proper race. Okay. And uh, where, what would you say is probably the most technical part of the track? Looking just from the outside of it, I'd say probably turn two and three. That looks pretty tricky through that little parking lot there where they make a jog. Right. Okay. And then in the back there down the, uh, I'm not sure whether the 2nd Street or whatever it is, isn't there a uh, chicane back in there someplace? Yeah, but it doesn't look too bad. Um, one guy went around the track tonight, and he said there is a, a kink on the left on the left hand side, which is pretty scary. Oh, okay. Now, as far as the what kind of speeds do you think some of the cars will be reaching on that track? The faster cars. Uh, I think on the front straight, those Trans Am cars will be hitting probably a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty. Wow. And I'm sure they have the brakes to stop, too, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Big Brembo brakes on the front. Yeah, they shouldn't have a problem stopping, I hope. Um, so, no, it should be pretty thrilling. It really should. Okay. Now, as far as width-wise, what do you think? Two cars, three cars wide in the, on an average, or two cars, pretty much? Are they going to be pretty much single file? I think there'll be two cars. You could probably do three cars on the front straightaway, mm-hmm. safely. Mm-hmm. I think most of it will be two car wide. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. And on First Street, the, the, which is uh, turn after you do through one and two, and then you go along First Street, it's pretty wide there, too. You can get three cars wide down there. Okay. Now... Back to HSR, you've got a mm-hmm. number of racing organizations. You've got SVRA, and then you've got HSR. Those are the, pretty much the predominant ones on the eastern part of the United States. Tell us a little Correct. bit about yep. what the differences are between HSR and SVRA. Um, SVRA is a little more controlling on their rules. They're trying to go back to more period-correct rules um, as far as the brakes, the transmission goes, where we will let 
reliability reasons, we'll let, you know, small modern transmissions and brakes be put on the cars. Um, but we have a lot of drivers who switch back and forth. I mean, I think 70% of HSR drivers race SVRA and 70% of SVRA come and race HSR. So it's pretty close, really. Um, you know, we all report to the Vintage Motorsport Council, which is our governing body, um, and they they set the rules. And you know, if, if you have an accident, which is your fault, and you get put on probation, you um, you know you report it to the VMC, and that is then reported to all the other clubs. So if somebody messes up at St. Pete and is put on probation, every other vintage racing club in America will know about it. And if that person shows up at another event while they're on probation, you know they'll be noted and watched all weekend. So you know we do try and control it. Okay. Now, and SVRA is predominantly real race cars with real race history prior to 72 and you basically accept a lot of the old ones as well as the newer cars the retired race cars the cars that are three four five years old right yes and svra started accepting more of those i mean the audi r8s are running with them now and some of these garage lmp cars so they're, they're opening their doors up a little bit more too okay now david if anybody wants to find out a little bit more about hsr and some of your upcoming events tell us about your website yeah, go to hsrrace.com, and you'll see our full schedule. Uh, we do have quite a few races in Florida. We're racing at Daytona in November, and then we're going back to Sebring in December, which is a great weekend. There's free camping. Um, we normally get 150 to 200 cars at that event. It, it's a, a great weekend at Sebring. Um, but our next event, like I said, is, is the biggest event of the year, the uh, Classic Motorsports Midi presented by Mazda, which is just a, a wonderful event. There's so much going on up at Road Atlanta that weekend. I mean, they've got Toyo tires doing track tests, and there's charity rides, and um, just hundreds and hundreds of people there. It is a really good event. That's super. That's super. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck. Dave, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes to come on Nostalgic Radio and Cars and talk a little bit about your HSR event at St. Pete Grand Prix. And I am really thrilled to have you guys back there and be part of it, too. So uh, we'll see you this weekend. All right. Stop by. All right. Thank you. Sun to go down, roll in the town, shine your truck up, swing by the quick stop, grab a couple rocky tops, then ease on out your way to your place around eight o'clock. who needs him most I didn't know that you took out another mortgage on the house is about to unlock his secret please take care of Herbie whatever your problem he'll help you find the answer great fortune cookie on wheels 
On June 24th, Kirby's magic will be unleashed on the world. Let's get more horsepower than I expected. He's stronger. I'm gonna wipe that bug off my windshield! He's faster. Let's race. Come on, Herbie. Wow. He's Herbier. Come on, lady. Come on, lady. You're a butterfly. Herbie. She's too young for you. And it's all good. Under the hood. Take one. Just winked at me. You feeling okay? From Walt Disney Pictures to save her family. You're not getting behind the wheel of that car. Dad, I'm a Peyton. Racing is in my blood. Two unlikely partners. Can you do this thing? Are gonna make the whole world believe. Lindsay Lohan. It's like we're connected or something. Herbie is a car. With Matt Dillon. Let's see what makes you tick. Who's laughing now? There's nothing ordinary about this bug. And Michael Keaton. Right, Maggie, I want you to guess. And introducing the tricked out, wrapped up, and all new Herbie. That car is alive. It's mocking me. Look, it's doing it again. Herbie, fully loaded. This is Tanner Faust, co-host of History Channel's Top Gear USA and all-around car lover. And you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest of the evening, a future motorsports champion. And definitely racing is in her blood. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening... A Pirelli World Challenge driver, Shay Holbrook. Shay, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? Pretty good. How you been? I'm doing well. Must say, I'm doing very, very well. Well, good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my name is Shay Holbrook. I drive uh, in Pirelli World Challenge, which is one of the most prestigious uh, sports car road racing sanctioning bodies in the United States. Um, it's an SECA Pro sanctioning bodied series. And um, I guess we're really on the show to talk about a few things, one being the primary main event coming up this weekend, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. I was tuning in, listening um, to you guys chat a little bit about um, the historic race, and I must say that's pretty cool. Um, there, you know, another big historic race that was just passed was um, the one right before the 12 hours of Sebring. Right. And, you know, I just, I just, this just got me thinking, you know, my dad, um, and this is how we all got involved in racing, but my dad's very first race car ever um, was from the Firehawk series back in like the, you know, mid, late 80s. And uh, actually at the 12 hours Sebring, um, you know, the Thursday prior, you know, which is really actually my, one of my favorite days because there's so many different racing series that, uh, that, that race during, you know, on that Thursday prior. And I saw dad's old race car and went, wow, that just took me down memory lane. Um, yeah, lots of stuff going on. I'm excited to be on the show. Excited to talk about a bunch of stuff. Glad to see that some fans are tuning in, um, listening to us. So shout out to everybody. And uh, yeah, Robert, I'm super stoked to talk to you. I mean, we've been trying to catch up for a little while now. <laughs> you are so full of energy. That is exciting, too, in itself. <laughs> well, not to mention, you're a recent graduate in communications at UCF. So tell us a little bit about yeah. your, uh, your, your degree. Yeah, thank God, right? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I decided, you know, um, you know it's, it's really difficult to, um, you know, be with, you know, want a, wanting a career in motorsports and being fully dedicated. I mean, when you look at any kind of athlete, um, you know, athletes have to sacrifice, if you will, you know, certain things to, you know, obtain and have, you know, reach actions um, and goals in which they want their career to be. And um, in all honesty, I mean, you know, from the motorsports standpoint, um, motorsports 
absolutely teaches you street smarts, if you will. Um, but there's still a, there's still like a, a portion in your life where I feel like you need those book smarts, and that's why I went and obtained my four year degree in communication and marketing. Um, and I must say, I mean, every day of my life, I utilize what I learned um, at UCF, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't regret whatsoever going to school. I'm so happy I went, and you know, it was all along I had to do the four years in four years on top of racing. So sometimes I really don't know like how I made it happen, but um, but I got my four-year degree, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I stuck with it the whole time, even though there were so many days where I was, like, you know, <laughs> really over it, <laughs> really over the studying part. Now, tell us a little bit. Now, you're, you've always been kind of competitive because you were, a prof- well, I'd say amateur, but you did water skiing. You were a competitive water skiing. Tell us a little bit about that, and does that, that discipline that you learn in, in water skiing, does that, how do you apply that to your, uh, your racing discipline? Oh, yeah. Um, now you're really making me feel old, and, like, this was way back in the day. Um, you you're, know, only, you're only in I, your I early up, 20s. I guess I would say, you know, like, I, I grew up on the water. You know, when I was 10 days old, I was in the back of um, a water ski boat in a car seat um, watching my dad go back and forth on a slalom ski. And um, I definitely grew up on the water, you know, for the first, I, you know, gosh, I guess, what, 16 years, 15, 16 years of my life, I thought I was going to be, you know, a, a, you know, a professional water skier and that was going to be my life. And, you know, granted, you know, I loved water skiing and water skiing taught me a large sum of what, you know, of like what I have become today. And a lot of that has to come down to like, you know, passion, dedication, commitment, um, perseverance, because in water skiing, you know, water skiing is a little bit different than racing and that water skiing is purely like it's you and only you. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, there, there's a team effort in that, like you have a coach and somebody to rely on, but at the end of the day, you have to get the job done. And in motorsports, I can, you know, kind of relay um, and correlate that to, to what I'm doing now, but motorsports is interesting in that it goes from a team sport to an individual sport when the person, when the driver's in the seat, um, you know, behind the wheel, like driving, and then it goes back to a team sport. Um, so there's a different dynamic in motorsport that there comes a time where, you know, the team's got to pull the weight and then you've got to pull your own weight in the race car and get your job done. And then it automatically goes, you know, right back to being a team sport, you know, the celebratory, you know, checker, you know, finish. Um, so water scene definitely brought over a lot of things that had been a huge help to me um, in motorsports, but, you know, when I traded in, I say, you know, a, my a pair of skis for a set of wheels, um, I guess I, you know, I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't fully know what I was getting myself into, and, um, I mean, I started cold turkey. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up with, you know, a, a family in motorsports. Um, it all started with me, and I did a Richard Petty experience, and I just fell in love, and I was just a passenger at the time, so, you know, mom and dad was in really big trouble at that point. <laughs> and, um, but my dad, you know, I, I kind of grew up, I guess you could say a little bit of, you know, tomboy, not super girly, but still feminine, but, but wanted to do anything and everything the guys were doing. And, um, you know, motorsports has just, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, think, work out, everything, motorsports now. There's a quote on your uh, website, and I really, really admire this one because it's my philosophy as well. And it's basically, fear is a state of mind. Will is an action taken. And, you know, having said that, and anybody, people that don't drive have never raced a car, I mean, truly under race circumstances, don't know what drivers really go through and really how fit you have to be. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, that aspect of it and, and your mindset and why you now want to make this your, your full-time occupation. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I get like a hoot out of this because sometimes, you know, like racing drivers, yes, we have to be extremely physically fit. We, we have to endure um, not only extreme heat conditions in which cockpits can get anywhere from like 160 to 200 degrees, maybe plus, um, you know, not only that, but like G4 stamina, um, the fact that, you know, even during sprint races, like, you know, Prelly World Challenge sprint races are 50 minutes. 
Um, and those 50 minutes sometimes feel like, you know, three hours, depending on, um, you know, kind of what kind of mentality is happening within the race. Um, but it really kind of drives me a little, like, up the wall when people say, well, you know, why do you have to work out so much? You know, you're just driving a car. And I think a lot of it just, you know, it's just with from if you're not, you know, if you don't have the knowledge that, you know, people in motorsports do or fans or, you know, family or whatever it may be, I can understand how people would think that. Um, but we have to endure quite a bit on our body. Um, I mean, for instance, I have um, a, a water sponsor called um, Penta Water, and I call it Holy Water because <laughs> it really it really is. It's the best, um, you know, hydration, self-fueling water out there. And, um, you know, I'll lose up to, you know, three inches of water weight when I get out of the car, which, you know, ultimately I'm going, heck, yeah, this is great. <laughs> but it's water weight, and water weight comes back. Um, which means you're getting extremely dehydrated. Um, so we not only have to hydrate, you know, at the race weekend, but you really need to be hydrated, you know, two weeks prior to a race. Um, you know, just stamina. Um, it's not necessarily how much you can bench press type, you know, like a figurative of speech. It's really how many times can you do it because everything in racing is um, repetitive, if you will. I mean, it's just it's just a constant, you know, and not only is it physically demanding, but it's mentally demanding. And a lot of times, I mean, in my opinion, what I think makes true champion racing drivers is, you know, the guys that can mentally just – you know, get in the zone and be in the zone. I mean, it's like a light switch to them. Like, they can literally turn that on, and it's very, very hard to do. So, yeah, both physically, mentally demanding. I mean, the the, the sport of motorsport is just, um, in my opinion, on a whole different level. Well, not only that, too, but like you said, even though it's 15 minutes and it seems like three hours, you are totally committed and focused. I mean, you are just it requires a high amount of concentration. Fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no there's there's no room for for mess up. Um, you know, r- the risk is pretty high. Um, you don't have I mean, you literally don't have the time to think about not even for a millisecond something else other than what you need to get done, what the task is within that race car. And, I mean, as soon as you lose a, just a, the tiny bit of focus, um, that could be an accident. That could be you harming yourself. That could be you harming somebody else um, on the racetrack. Now, tell us a little bit about the uh, the, the, the Pirelli Cha- World Challenge Series. Now, there used, uh, you were telling me earlier that there's a number of, there's like four classes. So, and, and tell it, and, and I know in the past you've raced at the St. Pete Grand Prix, so we'll get to that. But break real quickly, tell us about the classes and then how that basically works. Why, th- why sometimes you might be on certain tracks and why sometimes you won't be. Right. So, like, the overview of Pirelli World Challenge, um, from a standpoint of, you know, the four different classes and how they, um, you know, divide it up, it really comes down to, to power. Um, so, you know, top of the line, there's um, GT, which are, like, um, your, your Porsche GT3 Cup cars, um, you know, uh, um, Volvo C, um, 60s, uh, 60s, excuse me, um, you know, um, uh, the McLaren was just approved, um, Viper, so so big, you know, VA, V12 type cars. Um, GTS, um, which is great, so it's Grand Touring, and then there's GTS, which is Grand Touring Sport. Those are more like your um, Camaros, your Boss 302s, um, Mustang, you know, any kind of Mustang, your um, Acuras, so V6 type vehicles. Um Touring car is more of based off of a four-cylinder class. Um, touring car is the series that I race in. Um, we take more, you, you could say, um, like a showroom car, strip it, and turn it into a race car. So we do pretty much it's the shell of what you get off a showroom, except we put performance parts on it. So we do run a, a, an HPD, um, at least in Honda Racing. Um, we use a Honda Racing motor, which you can buy from HPD Honda Racing. Um, suspension is utterly, completely different, um, and that's what really makes the race car what it is. Um, also, the Pirelli um, P0 racing slicks, so we're ra- using racing slick tires, um, Based, you know, in comparison to what you would get off the showroom. Um, the transmission is fairly the same. You're allowed to, you know, change out ratios, but um, it's pr- pr- primarily stock, or you could we say OEM. Um, and then uh, t- uh, B-Spec, which is the t- um, P-20 
TCB class, there are cars such as like a, uh, a Fiat, um, Honda Fits, Mazda 2s. Um, this class is kind of still fairly new, and the manufacturers are really pushing this within the series. Um, it's kind of more of a grassroots level um, in pro racing. Uh, it's a cheap form of racing in pro- professional racing, which is really great, um, just kind of, you know, with the economy. But in all honesty, I think this year is going to be an awesome, awesome year for B-Spec. I think, you know, um, with the changes within Grand Am and ALMS um, and their merger, they have gotten rid of the B-Spec class. So if you want to go B-Spec racing um, professionally in the United States, you have to come to Pirelli World Challenge. So if you think of, like, Robert, you know, like the Spec Miata class in SECA mm-hmm. right. and how many cars there are, and even though they're low horsepower, they're so much fun to watch because there's so many of them and the competition is, like, huge. So I think that's what's going to turn out um, happening this year with Pirelli World Challenge, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how that is, it, you know, exactly going to play out. Okay. Now you've raced at the St. Pete Grand Prix for the last couple of years, so tell us a little bit about your experiences on the St. Pete Grand Prix track. Yes, uh, rub it in. Why don't you? Well, no, I've been in a good way. <laughs> love love um, the St. Pete Grand Prix. Um, not only is it my home track because I'm from the Orlando area, um, but that track. I mean, you know, street courses in general are. You know, they just demand a lot of respect. Um, there's, you know, very minor, um, uh, or I wouldn't say minor. I mean, there's there's a lot of risk because let's just face it, it's concrete there. You're racing in between concrete barriers. There is no such thing as runoff. Um, so if you're going to ball up a car, you know, it's going to be, you know, it, you know, making a mistake. You know, go going back to, you know, list, you know, pretty much. Losing focus um, could could be pretty detrimental and and major carnage at a, at a street such as the you know the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. You know I really love this track because it's got so much history. I mean we can even go to to say you know with you know obviously with Dan Weldon's passing and that how you know St. Petersburg is kind of his you know adopted home. Um, you know that is now a piece of history and that's something that I think of going into the you know St. Pete Grand Prix and how they've named a street after, I think it is Dan Weldon Way, um, and that you're racing on that street. I mean, that is a piece of history. That is something that very few drivers can say that they've done. Um, Not only that, but the fact that the front straight is um, a freaking airport runway. (laughs) I mean, mean, it doesn't get much cooler than that. And in all honesty, I mean, for sure, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, how how many car widths, do you think you can put, you know, on this track? And let me tell you, it's one. (laughs) You know, hardly ever are you able to go side by side. It is possible in, you know, portions of the track. Um, You know, the front straightaway, you could go three wide. But let me tell you, in the braking zone of turn one, I mean, it's it's paint. And cars don't stop well on paint. They don't have traction. So turn one of St. Petersburg is always a really interesting one for me. Um, You know, I just, I love how, you know, I love how you can see the fans. I mean, just, you know, crowding the fence line everywhere on the track. I think it's such a unique track. It's beautiful. It's along the water, you know, the back portions along the water. Turn 10 seems to be a pretty interesting one for um, any racer that's going there. I, I really you know, jealous that only GT and GTS are um, racing this year at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, but it's for good reasons. And the good reason is that the car count is so large this year and probably World Challenge that, you know, you at a, at a street course for safety reasons and from a carnage standpoint, um, they can only allow up to a certain amount of cars on the racetrack. And that means that, you know, World Challenge is doing a really solid job of fielding race cars this year. I think it's going to be a fantastic, probably the best year yet um, for Pirelli World Challenge. But unfortunately, it leaves um, the touring car and the B-Spec class out. But we, the touring car and B-Spec class start um, in, you know, beginning, middle of May. And that's in Austin, Texas at um, COTA, Circuit of the Americas, which is the new F1 track with V8 supercars. So that's going to be a huge and stellar race as well. Wow! Yeah, that, that that I've watched that. I watched the uh, Formula One race there, and then a couple weeks ago they had the uh, GT races there. But let me go back to the St. Pete Grand Prix real quick. You will be there what Saturday? Yes, I will be there Saturday and Saturday only, unfortunately, but all day. Okay. So now you're gonna be doing some commentating or something or interviews? What yeah, I, yeah. 
I'm going to go up in the booth um, a little bit. I'm not quite sure when with um, World Challenge. I've done that before. Like last year, um, I was at the Long Beach Grand Prix um, in which, you know, touring cars and, and B-Spec didn't go to. Um, but I was there. I did a little bit of commentating up in the booth. You know, I, you know, I, as you can see, I like to talk a lot. So, There's nothing um, wrong with that. You know, I, it's something, you know, if you're not in the race car and you're at the racetrack, um, you know, what better to get some other, you know, perspective from a driver who's been on the racetrack. Um, and plus, I got to keep myself busy, man, because it's sad when, you get, <laughs> when you're when you at a track and you're not able to drive. So now, <laughs> I how many, did something with myself. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, how many races are you going to participate in this year? Um, there are six uh, Touring Car B-Spec races, and I'll be doing a full season. Oh, super, super. So now, if anybody wants to find out about Shay Holbrook, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, um, the best way is to go to my website. It's shayracing.com. It's S-H-E-A racing.com. Um, I'm also pretty big on social media. Um, I love uh, Twitter and Facebook. We also just started this new social media campaign um, with the hashtag Steel Ovary Nation. And for everybody listening and wondering what the heck that is, <laughs> that's okay. I hope it's intriguing and it makes you want to go to steelovarynation.com. Um, the website's launched today. Um, you know, it's about women in motorsports, uh, but not just, you know, racing drivers. Um, it's about um, racing dri- female racing drivers, engineers, mechanics, broadcasters, bloggers, fans, car and motorsport gurus. Um, and obviously, I mean, we know that there, there's a very large percentage of, of men in motorsports, you know, whether it be fan or driver or whatever. And, uh, I mean, I think it's really cool. I think that the female aspect in motorsports has, you know, something different and new. And, you know, last year, you know, my sponsor, True Car Racing, um, they, you know, helped impact more of the footprint of women in motorsports. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, fuel to that fire, if you will. And but we uh, we love our our male supporters. I mean, I like to love them. So we started a hashtag um, Broberries or Broberry. Okay. <laughs> um, so you guys, it, I mean, if you want to know <laughs> more information about it, just go to SteelOverNation dot com and my website um, ShayRacing dot com and uh, find out all the information you need. Well, now you also uh, just digress for a second. What are your mentors? And we got a minute or two left, I think, maybe a minute. But anyway, uh, cool. was it Lynn St. James? Now tell us a little bit. She kind of like helped you out there a little bit too, or she was one of a. She's involved in an organization you're involved in right yeah i um so so lynn has a women in the women in the winter circle um lynn st james foundation and i did gosh i guess it was back in 2008 it feels like forever ago um i i went through her program um and graduated through her program um she 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 kind of like her her program gives you the skills and the tools needed to succeed as a racing driver in a male-dominated industry. Um, you know, Lynn does not hand out favors. Like, you have to earn them. And I very much so respect that because, you know, in this industry, especially being, you know, a female, um, you know, you, I feel like you have to, you know, you know, do a little bit more to um, to gain credibility. Well, that's that that makes a lot of sense. And that's that way you earn it, you earn it. Anyway, hey, Shay, I want to thank you for taking a few minutes. Hopefully, I will see you at some of the races. Hopefully, I'll see you at a vintage race sometime. For everybody else that tuned in, be sure and check out our show next week. we got Tanner Faust from Top Gear TV coming on. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. Stay on the road.